Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 15th episode of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We are dedicated to providing hope and strength to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today I have a recording of guest speaker Curtis Anderson. Curtis is a motivational speaker who shares his stories and recovery journey of being an extremely severe traumatic brain injury survivor. On his Instagram, he consistently he consistently posts about different activities and challenges that he does to measure his recovery and to motivate others. His Instagram handle is at Curtis Anderson six. On June 27th, 2002, it was scorching hot outside. I traveled to the Pinocchio stampede. The last thing that I remember was the, my head being smashed against a bullet's head twice. I spent the first three weeks in a drug-induced coma at the U of A hospital. The first thing that I remember was the ambulance ride over to the Glen Rose Rehabilitation Hospital. I, I didn't know where I was going or what had happened. I soon realized that I can no longer walk, no longer talk, or move my left arm. When my family and friends came to see me, I had to write everything down in a scribbler to communicate for the first couple of weeks. I had to move my left arm with my right. When I took my first steps, the physiotherapist would walk alongside me for an hour a day, teaching me how to walk step by step. It'd be your cane, left foot, and right. There would be an assistant walking behind me with a chair so I could take a break once in a while. And it was a big deal to walk 20 feet without stopping. Last summer on June 14th, I walked 19.8 miles. I started out with ice chips, thick and water, now the real stuff. 
I started with a feeding tube, period food, then diced food, chopped up in a little pieces. I am now able to cut my own steak. The first step of independence that I regained was when I was able to make my own transfers from my bed to my chair. I was then able to take myself to therapy and for my meals. I went outside and I put my bare feet in the grass. It gave a sensation that lit up my whole body. I would even lay down in the grass and exercise. I also rolled my chair up and down the sidewalk to regain some strength. One night, I went swimming without telling anyone. Well, the security guards found me, escorted me out of the pool and back to my room. And I was wondering what everyone just so wound up about. I had everything under control. I was part of an oral motor group with other survivors. We would take turns pronouncing vowels and then words. The first words that I had to get off my chest and tell the world was, my ass is sore. After the, every meal, I'd have to sit in that chair for an hour before I was able to lay down. Throughout my recovery, people get the impression that I'm unable to do things, but you're better off to do it on your own because if you never try, you won't get better. And it doesn't matter if it takes you 10 times as long, you are still able to do it on your own. When your slate has been wiped clean, the smallest achievement is like climbing a mountain for a survivor. When I first went out to dinner in my chair, rolling in the restaurant was like being hit by a baseball bat. You hear everyone talking, all of the background noise, then everyone stops and stares at you. And it was too much stimulation. One day, a frustration was building up. I got mad and I threw my cane on the top of the roof. Then I looked up there and realized, well, that sure did a lot of good when I needed my cane to walk. I speak at brain injury centers and other events where there are survivors. And there has been survivors tell me that I was an inspiration for them to keep going in their recovery. It doesn't get better when you hear a statement like that. I have walked down the road that they're on. I know what it is all about. I could say my story and they can relate. It is a lot different than someone talking out of a textbook or reading stats. No one can say how far you'll go. Determination, dedication, try, grit, courage, confidence, commitment, resilience, tenacity, 
perseverance, optimism, strength, and the most important, patience, is a choice until it is the only choice that you have. I talk to parents of survivors. Some tell me it seems like their child's recovery is going slow. And I remind them to look back at the way their child started till now, and there will be mountains of difference. Sometimes you need to remind yourself of that. I spoke at a school in Vermilion, Alberta, and there was a boy that rode his bike to school all of the time. At the end of the day, the boy inspected his helmet and realized it was unsafe to wear. He ended up walking his bike home from school. To know my story made that much of an impact is something you don't put words on. I spoke at Pinoka Elementary School last spring. There was a seven-year-old boy walk up to me and say, I would like to thank you for not giving up. Those words went straight to my heart. I met Greg Wyanko at the First Responders Rodeo in St. Albert. Greg was the paramedic that put the intervenous on me in the arena that day. I met Rob McKenzie at the Pinocchio Stampede in 2019. And Rob was the paramedic that came out of the crowd to intubate me so I could start breathing again. It's pretty powerful. And I was able to shake Greg and Rob's hand and the Canadian Pro Sports Medicine team that gave me an opportunity to live. A doctor told me once during my recovery, he said, Curtis, you are not out of the woodworks yet, but the trees are getting farther apart. Well, I can see more and more daylight now. I have never walked one mile in anyone else's boots, but I know what it means to never give up. In the public, there is usually only a railing on one side of the stairs. It was eight years before I could use that left railing again. A lot of the times I came down the stairs backwards just so I could hang on to the railing with my right arm. If there was no railing, I'd be stuck at the top or bottom if there wasn't someone to go up and down with me. It took nine years to tie my hockey skates. It took 10 years to touch each finger. To my thumb on my left hand. A big part of recovery is acceptance and realizing that life is not a matter of holding good cards, but making the most of the hand you have been dealt. For 18 and a half years, 
I have played my hand and I know the bottom line there is no such thing as I can't of any challenge that either you or I face in life. Be the person that's going to take a step forward and make a difference in someone else's life. One day, someone is going to come along and make a difference in yours. The bull real handy. He won the fight that day fair and square. But real handy, he is long gone hamburger and I'm still here. So I end up being the champion. The true test of any recovery is when you go home and you are no longer on a schedule. You don't have to be at physio at 10, occupational at 11, or speech at one. You have to decide right here how much determination and time and sacrifice that you're gonna put in to your recovery. Now, you have heard my story. It doesn't matter how many chips are down, how many obstacles are in front of you. Don't you ever, ever give up on what you wanna do. Life, life is gonna throw you twists and turns. But one thing you gotta believe in, you have to believe in yourself and be proud. Thank you. Thanks, Curtis, for the great talk. Um, today, I have Emily, who's also part of McGill Students for Concussion Legacy Foundation, uh, Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast, and his co-host, Aaron, uh, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association, joining me. Um, so, Aaron and Nick, you guys mentioned that you guys had Curtis on in uh, November, right? Yes. Yeah. Aaron's not. Um, I really. <laughs> Aaron, you can't, we can't hear the nod. It's audio. Yeah. It's, it's audio, audio medium. The same answer. I didn't think you needed it <laughs> twice. <laughs> um, Curtis like had uh, a lot of like inspiring and like motivational things to say that I think like really resonated with a lot of the group. Um, and the group seemed to like really enjoy having him with us. Um, it was really cool to hear like all about what he all went through and just kind of like um, everything like because it's now like 18 and a half years later or whatever and um, he was telling us that like sometimes like he still has like difficulties with some stuff but like he's yeah. like you know he also started a really cool like the horse uh, I can't remember what it's called, like the um, like fundraiser every year. No, 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 no. He has a. He used to be a bull rider. Yeah. I mean, now like there's like a brain injury. Um, he does therapy rides with the horses. Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. reading about that fundraiser a little bit. That's really cool. Oh, yeah, a bit. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make some noise and I'm gonna move my microphone out so I can have my coffee. So. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye for a second. 
Goodbye, Nick. Aaron, you said he talked about That's some of that here. with the um, with the uh, when you guys interviewed him. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, he was mentioning just how it was a fundraiser and the horses, just how healing they are as well. Like in terms of going through that therapy, and it can be kind of a scary concept because I remember we talked to him as well about sports and getting like back into it and brain injuries as well and that kind of thing and what his hopes were for like sports in the future about concussion management and all that type of thing. And it was really positive about the direction that it's been going. But yeah, like horses too, like the animals can be so skittish and you have to go in there with a lot less fear. And like when you do get back on one as well, you have that risk of falling off and re-injuring. But like giving that trust to the horse and the horse trusting you is just very therapeutic in that sense. And I find there's, yeah, there's like rainbow riders here, which is horse therapy as well for children with autism. And it's just all about learning that trust with another being. That's really cool. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that. I read a book years ago, like when I was in middle school about a former veteran doing like horse therapy and just how amazing that was. But I hadn't thought about it being the like, concept of building trust which helps take take away the fear and anxiety of it right yeah it's all about the connection you can make and like Mm -hmm. you'll never find a person that's going to understand what you've gone through to every level but you can really connect with like an animal like in a sense of like you know that it's an animal they're not necessarily judging you they're not necessarily trying to figure you out they just want to know that you're not going to hurt them and then in turn like you're not like they're not going to hurt you yeah. Kind of yeah. And horses are so good for that because a lot of them can be traumatized. But then once you go through that therapy and like have that level, it's really neat. That's really neat. Yeah. I should go listen to that episode. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think we got people... into depth a bit of that. It's just kind of yeah, like, but like just it. <laughs> more about his uh, thing that he started. Um, but yeah, I never actually thought about that um, with the whole like learning to trust the horse and the horses. Hmm. Yeah, I think wow. people with autism will, will, some of them will never shed a tear until, uh, like, their animal dies. Yep. Just like that. Really are able to build a bond with you. With yeah. And it's all about nonverbal communication, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a pet, or like, a dog will kind of understand what you say to it, but, like, the language, obviously, is not the same between us and animals, so, like, the more your body language and how you approach something is all going to be within that. Yeah, and that's yeah. so interesting, because I feel like with concussion, part of this, like, lack of trust and communication understanding is, like, verbally, the communication does not always make sense. That's the, the side yeah. the fact that I don't know what's mine is I didn't even have a way to verbalize what was happening. So it's yeah. really interesting. Um, yeah. I love when he was talking about never giving up. Yeah. But also about acceptance. Mm. He has a very inspiring like message there where he's just like, yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. And like, I like, like that. Yeah. I like that he like is super positive but it's not like the toxic positivity i like i didn't feel like it was toxic which like mm-hmm. that was nice um very also real. when like he was talking about like, pardon him so he was very real yeah 
Yeah. Uh, did you have a not to put you on the spot, Taya, but do you have a couple examples of toxic positivity? Because I find that's a newer concept for people. Um, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> toxically positive sometimes. Um, just like I don't know, like when people are just so like, uh, like just like only see the good things, like, um, and. It's also kind of like invalidating. I don't know, Emily. I feel like you can uh, you can really. She raised her hands, though. She should be able to. Yeah, as somebody yeah. who like, likes to slip into that as a way, it's a way for me to avoid uh, emotions. It's uh, so when, for example, I was talking about this yesterday to my therapist. <laughs> for example, like if somebody hurts my feelings. Or I get upset with something in some way. Uh, a lot of times, just be like, "Oh, well, I mean, like, at least I can do X, Y, Z." And it's just like, and gratitude is great, right? Gratitude is a great practice, but it's kind of this skipping of going through the actual negative emotions and just honing in on the positive. And in all reality, the positive is great because you don't want to get stuck in the negative. But I found that if you just try and skip over the negative all the time, um, you stuff you stuff it down, and and you're living in this. I find for me is I start to live in this like positive world, and I'm like hanging on by the threads, and then all of a sudden I lose it one day. Yeah. And so that's over something like super tiny too. Like it's just like everything's done over one thing. I don't know, and I think. Like, the toxic positivity, like Emily was saying, like, the whole, like, at least I can still do this. It's kind of, like, like when you're talking about, like, other people, it's kind of, like, when people say, like, if someone said, like, my um, my grandmother died, and then, like, someone goes, or, yeah, here, here's, like, an example. Like, I mean, like, for me, like, when I, uh, when my great-grandma was really sick, um, and, like, I felt bad talking about it to certain people because people would be like well at least you had a great grandmother like at least at least you blah 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 at least at least it's just like minimizing and like skipping over like the real stuff that comes with things um and like I don't know like like you need to like hide the bad only the good can happen don't acknowledge any bad ever and then that's when like the shit storm happens because you've got this like this closet that's overflowing of these like negative emotions and like you're like trying to hold it in at all costs but like you know like try and slip one more thing in and then like boom it just blows up and then just yeah. done yeah the fall so, the fall is the hardest part of it. Like, yeah and i think like yeah. our society is so focused on doing that too because like uh-huh. if you say like oh i just lost this person they're like oh well like at least they like died quickly like if they suddenly passed yeah. kind of thing it's like at least you didn't have to suffer through that and it's like i guess but like can we just be sad for a minute like can yeah. you just be uncomfortable <laughs> with me like and yeah. it's so prevalent like with curtis as well and his is so not toxic positivity because he's like i went through this i want to talk about it don't give up but it's hard right mm-hmm was so nice because like he was so real about it and like I mean I think a lot of toxic positivity like when you said like you want people to like be uncomfortable with you like that's what it is like when people are uncomfortable they like resort to the toxic positivity like um 
like automatically like kind of like diminish like the experience or the feeling whatever um and like he said like Curtis was so real about it and he like shared what he went through the fact that like it wasn't easy but like he made it through and like now um he's like still dealing with some stuff but like um like he he said something about like not being out of the woods yet but like the trees are getting further apart I really like that when he said that um that was a good one yeah Nick oh thanks um I was gonna say just like I can kind of speak to what Curtis was saying but like People, when you when you start saying things like, "Oh, you know, this sucked. Or this was hard, but you know, I'm doing this now. And I'm feeling good now, or whatever." But people always look. As soon as you say, like, they, 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 I know people recognize me as a positive person, and if I say, and I am, but if I say something like, "Oh, you know, that really, that that sucks," but but I can't even get through that. That but like I say, that sucks. Like, oh, don't say that. Don't say you're doing great and all this stuff. It's like, well, just yeah. let me just like. Don't ignore the fact that it is it is hard. It is, it is you know, difficult sometimes, and everything is not great. Like just, people don't want, people don't, don't want to hear that anything anything is tough or bad or or people yeah. made you feel bad or ever. Like it's, like it's it just, just needs to be all the positive all the time. Like how I think it was you, Nick. Like you were talking about like how like um like every book is just always like the positive things and like the super crazy like like yeah. things like i think that we were talking about that and like yeah like more people like curtis where like they get into like the not pretty stuff and like are honest about it and like talk about it and like it also just shows everyone that like you know yeah it sucked it was super hard still have hard times but like um it's normal and like you can get through all that stuff sort of thing exactly emily you look deep in thought (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, no i was just thinking about um you know these when we are when we do have these like toxic positivity traits it comes out of you know part of this society what we're taught maybe how we're raised our own inability to be like comfortable with uncomfortable emotions and one of the things that I've been told a lot is to don't don't use buts use and like I've heard that I am sad this happened and I still can do these things like these two feelings can coexist and that's like a really like was a big thing for me to grasp is I think that Sometimes I'm such a black and white person that I'm like, oh, if this is happening, you know, if a bad thing happens, but there's this. So therefore, I'm not allowed to feel bad because I still have these things. But I can feel bad and still be grateful for these things that I do have. So really trying to get the word but out of my vocabulary and use the word and instead has been a massive help. Um, I've heard I that. Was That's just thinking about society thing. Yeah. That's uh, the like whole our thing conversation that... a few months ago about like the shoulds and like the list that your mom like uh, gave you that we gave to the group, like the naughty words. Um, 
like naughty words word. to avoid. <laughs> you know naughty words. words. Uh, she calls them. That's what yeah. she does. That, and I think sometimes society is like, if we believe something hard enough, it will come true, which I know I've talked about before. But if that's that whole, it's just like, can we be realistic? Like, your willpower will not totally get something into existence. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I totally bought that marketing scheme that society brought, and it's kind of screwed me over. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you yeah, sit down and you're just like, I manifest that this is going to happen, it's not going to work. <laughs> Sorry. Like, yeah. I'm like, if no. I believe I'm going to be six feet tall, I'm going to grow six feet tall. Like, yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, he had such an amazing, inspiring share, and I and because he was so genuine, like I could feel it, you know. Yeah, yeah like nothing... he wasn't like like my eyes weren't rolled into the back of my head when he was being positive, you know. No, there's Which nothing I disingenuous. Definitely, like... Pardon? I was saying nothing. There's nothing disingenuous about Curtis. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like, I mean, like, I mean, Emily, sometimes when you're positive, I roll my eyes into the back of my head, like, <laughs> like, not as much anymore. Is like, a like, show Emily you know, does? For... <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, like that. I'm, like, I'm kidding. No. I bought that marketing scheme. Yeah, she, she <laughs> bought it, like, she bought I, it. It kept, it kept me, it kept me alive for a long time. time. It's good if it's the thing that you got to hang on to to get through the day, but yeah. it's not going to actually heal you is the problem. Yeah, like, it's not like a lifetime thing, you know? Yeah. It's like a in the moment to get through. Yeah, and I mean, there is cases where you're like, I can do this is going to be the most helpful to you. And like mm -hmm. those cases, though, are like when Curtis talks about his therapy program with the horses, it's like, if you don't think you can get on that horse, tell yourself you can and yeah. you're going to build yourself up but of course you got to be realistic about your physical limitations your mental limitations at the time everything else so i find he has the perfect balance of that is that what he has yeah. learned through all this journey is that he's been able to find that balance and been able to try to inspire it yeah he definitely does have like the perfect balance i think mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. sure he'll listen to this and be like, I do not. I'm still learning. Like, <laughs> what are they talking about? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. And what I was thinking about is I know, like, his cadence, the way he talked. And I know that some of that has to do with his injury and him learning how to re-talk. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my gosh. It's great for motivational speaking because he just takes those pauses. And it's beautiful. Perfect. I really, I really was just like listening to his cadence at one point, and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing." <laughs> yeah. it takes people years to learn those skills, and he just naturally like has it there. Like, yeah, I'm sure it took him years too, though. So, mm. well, like but, in yeah. relearning, but like, yeah, I think his experience allowed him to naturally like come to that in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah, his whole his whole talk was great. The group discussion was great. Um, and then when he like he did the Instagram takeover after, that was great. And like at the end of the day, like he messaged he messaged me and like thanked uh, thanked us for having him on. Asked how I thought it went. And oh, yeah, he's very. He's beautiful. just like a genuine. He's very nice grateful. Person. Yeah. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. I really, really enjoyed talking to him. And, yeah. Nick? Oh, no, I was just going to notice. Oh, okay. Send a notice okay. that we are running out of time. Us, yes. three of us here today, right? But uh, yeah, Sorry. but I mean, Curtis is yeah. So I was just saying he's great, and I'm so happy that he was on our podcast. But there and I yeah. before, so it's good to hear him again. So yeah, he's great. All right, so uh, we've come to the end. Or that's like the meeting stuff. Never mind. Um, okay. So uh, thanks again, Curtis, <laughs> for uh, your awesome talk and joining us. Um, everyone really, really enjoyed it. Um, and thanks to Nick for helping us do this podcast um, and Aaron and Emily for joining. Uh, we'll have a new podcast episode posted Monday morning. Our upcoming podcast can be found on concussiontalk.com, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. You can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com. Our peer-to-peer support group is free and open to everyone. We hold four weekly meetings on Zoom, um, and one of those is a French meeting. Um, and Oh, be sorry, sorry, sorry to drop, but how are the... How are the French meetings doing? Um, so far, you know, it's a it's a work in progress. We've only been yes. doing it for like two, three weeks. Um, I think the next step is just kind of like getting the word out that like you don't need to be a francophone to come. That was something um we were talking about today in the meeting. I mentioned that maybe we should make more. Um, if you know French, you can come. Like, you don't have to be a Francophone. Um, and I think maybe that will help more people go. Okay. Um, <laughs> Make it but, bilingual. Yeah, yeah right. like, the goal of the French meeting is more to be inclusive. So, like, it doesn't need to be um, a complete Francophone. It can be someone like me who, like, took immersion all their life and knows French. But you're a phone or, project, like, so it's someone that, like cheating. What? You're from Brunswick, so that's kind of cheating. No, I'm not. Only lived there two years. I do uh, not identify as being from that. The Brunswick um, French is not I'm, French either way. Yeah. They're, Sorry, yeah, they're New Brunswickers listeners. I'm a New Brunswicker. So. Like, their, uh, their French program is so far behind. Like, no. Like, yeah. I was learning stuff I learned in, like, grade 7 in grade 12 and grade 11 there. So, nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like it's open to anyone that like is willing to um, participate in French or listen to a discussion in French. Like it doesn't matter your level of proficiency. Like we have uh, French people join our English meetings and yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, so I think great. just like making that more known to people. But great. yeah, that's it. Uh, all right, great, thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Head Check Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada who rely on Head Check to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.